1: In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds, Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind You You also can't see if in just nowhere
0: And you are listening to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all of the monsters, mythology, ghosts, and goblins that appear in the TV series Supernatural, which just got renewed for its 15th season and just celebrated its 300th episode at the time of we were recording this on February 10th, 2019. I am your host, Dr. Chris.
1: And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host.
0: do your introduction again.
1: And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host.
0: And tonight we are talking about ghost ships. And we might have a guest on the show, too. They'll be calling in maybe half... Like, probably halfway through our recording. The episode we're discussing is Red Sky at Morning from Season 3. And Mel has the episode synopsis for us. Season
1: 3, Episode 6. This aired November eighth, two 2007. Red Sky at Morning. And... The synopsis is strange landlocked drownings are happening, and the boys head to the coast to find out why. Discovering a ghost ship has been witnessed by each of the victims shortly before their death, they find that Bella is already involved, running a scam on elderly Gertrude Case, the aunt of the first victim with a crush on Sam.
0: And quite the crush that she has on Sam, too.
1: <laughs> too cute. <laughs>
0: Dean's got his, uh... Tuxedo James Bond moment in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he looks ravishing. Bella looks hot. Uh, Lauren, Cohen, uh, Lauren Cohen looks hot as hell in that dress.
1: She does.
0: Ellen Greer is the actress who played, um... The, uh... The, uh... The, the woman who's in love with Sam. Still <laughs> acting as of... I guess last year. She doesn't have any, uh... Death certificate yet on IMDb. Um... She was in um, Desperate Housewives for a few episodes and on Castle. She got a career that goes all the way back to 1961.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: She was on the Jimmy Stewart show. The uh, Water Ghost was played by Stephen Lowler, and the Ghost Captain was played by Peter Greer. No, no relation to Ellen. Uh, no, uh, no relation to Ellen Gear, whose last name is not Gear, not so Not to get the two confused. But the uh, the Water Ghost, as he's called. I thought he had a name too in the episode. I think IMDb just lists him as the Water Ghost.
1: Oh, I guess that's uh, what they called him then. I thought he had a name though.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but he has a career up until 2011, um, starting in. Somebody mis did something screwed up on IMDb because it says his first listing is from 1949. That guy was not that old.
1: Yeah. And
0: then he doesn't have another appearance until um, uh, an episode of Masters of Horror in 2002, which would make more sense is that when his career started. So. Yeah. But lots of CW shows under his, uh, his IMDb. And then the other actor, Peter Greer, who played Ghost Captain... Um, same thing uh, sh- mostly CW show stuff uh, and then I-Fi show stuff but nothing really out of the ordinary okay. why don't you go into uh, a bit of information that you have about uh, ghost ships that you Excited. have
1: alright well there are so many different ghost ships so many of course the most popular being the Flying Dutchman and the Flying Dutchman has um, sightings First noted in the late 18th century And everybody knows The the legend about it Something along the lines of The anxious captain Paces the deck and his massive ship Struggling against the storm Vowing to pass the Cape of Good Hope Whatever the cost um, And he collects the souls Of the drowned And the people On ships that are getting ready to crash the most recent sighting that is actually, um, I don't want to say proven, but that's, um, that was supposedly sighted by a German U-boat that was during World War II, and apparently they were getting ready to crash into the Flying Dutchman during the stormy sea, uh, stormy weather.
0: I mostly remember the Flying Dutchman from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: <laughs> A lot of people think of it from either SpongeBob or from the um Pirates of the Caribbean, which I love oh. their portrayal. Ah. <laughs> lee, lee, lee,
2: lee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a clip of Patrick interrupting the Flying Dutchman as he is trying to belt out his scream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a big one in Canadian ghost lore. The ship, the ghost ship of the Northumberland Strait. I hope I said that right. It's a ghost ship that is said to sail through the Northumberland Strait. That's the body of water that separates Prince Edward Island from Nova Scotia and New Brunswick in eastern Canada. The fun thing about this legend is whenever the ship is seen, it is on fire. So people see this ship sailing and it's completely on fire. Um, the legend of it dates back to at least 200 years and is typically described as a beautiful schooner that has three or four masts, with pure white sails and the whole thing is set, on, uh, set ablaze. According to local folklore, the ghost ship appears before a northeast wind and is the forewarning of a
0: storm. I think
1: that one is super fun.
0: Have you ever taken, like, a ghost ship tour?
1: I have not. Actually, when getting ready for this episode, I was really hoping that we would have a warm enough day, but polar vortex. (laughs) I was going to go visit the Baltimore... Inner Harbor. All
0: right, to hold, go on. hold on, hold so on, somebody is calling in, which I'm hoping is JB. And joining us now for the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast is JB from Beyond Reality Radio Show, a radio, sh- a paranormal radio show that goes Monday through Friday. Not a podcast, but an actual radio show. Uh, And he is also the runner of Scarecon, a horror convention, which has a stop here in New England once a year. And coming up this June, he's returning to the Framingham Sheraton Hotel. Thank you for coming on the show with us, JV.
2: Oh, thanks for having me, and I love the fact you said I was the runner of ScareCon, because I feel like that's
0: all I do, is run around during the
2: show, trying to get things done. Um,
0: He's the owner-operator, too, but he doesn't do any of that, he just runs around the con.
2: (laughs) I really, honestly, it feels like it, and by the end of the weekend, I'm so exhausted, and my legs uh, don't recover for a good two or three weeks afterward, but I'm really happy to be here, thanks for having me.
0: Definitely, definitely. The episode that we're talking about is of... uh, Connected to the television series supernatural it is covering ghost ships
2: um, it's interesting too because my radio show Beyond Reality Radio, which uh, you mentioned as well um, we've had uh, several guests on the program that have done some real research into this topic, and some of these stories uh, you know that that are reported about real-life ghost ships are some of the most creepy and and mysterious stories uh, that circulate the paranormal community. So, um, yeah, it's a great topic, and it's a really fascinating subject.
0: One of the things we were just talking about right now is probably the most famous uh, ghost ship of all, the Flying Dutchman, made mostly famous on the Nickelodeon cartoon series SpongeBob SquarePants.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you've made it onto SpongeBob SquarePants, no matter what you are, you've become more famous than you could ever dream.
0: Right? <laughs> it, it's like uh, it's like if you were on The Simpsons. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. Speaking of The Simpsons, you. did you see they just signed for two more seasons? Oh, my it's God. Like, season two? I mean... It's crazy. Um, I, it's unbelievable that any TV show, let alone a, an animated one, can last that long.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Supernatural just got picked up for a fifteenth season.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, Supernatural has such a niche and such a a, a unique approach to what they do that, um, and I can see that one sticking around for a while.
0: It's unbelievable how long it's stuck around for. And uh, I mean, there are times you're just like, "Oh my God, just end this show already!" Oh, no, never. <laughs>
2: no, you, you would, you would, you wouldn't let that happen. I dig it.
0: No. <laughs> the oh, um, old men. <laughs> the uh, the the sad part of this episode we have to I have to get off the bat right right now is if you watch this and when the ghost ship shows up it is the worst rendered CGI oh, in the history great. of television Jesus Christ it's so bad it just flashes across the water and you're like that is from like Assassin's Creed or some like video game with pirate ships. <laughs>
1: As the ship in the porn pirates, I don't know if you've seen that, but the, the porno pirates, it was so bad. It looked like a toy boat in the bathtub. It wasn't <laughs> that bad, but of course that wasn't made for TV either.
0: What's funny is that sh- that movie had, uh, was so popular as an adult film, they made an R-rated version to rent at like video stores at the time.
1: Oh my
2: god, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, there's an R-rated version of Pirates out there. <laughs> That's funny. Okay.
2: Which I've never... I have not seen either, so I can't. Oh, okay.
0: No, no. It's, <laughs> it, it's <laughs> fine. i
1: a paranormal radio show. I have a question specifically about ghost ships that I find... Um, the reason that I find them specifically fascinating. Okay. Okay, so... Spirits, in many cases, are locked down to a location... I mean, they don't have to be, but in, in most cases. Um, how is it that, oh, that it's so, so easy, easy for spirit, spirit to lock down to a location that moves across the water?
2: Well, that's um, a great question. And I have to say this. Uh, any answer that I give you is speculation on my part because <laughs> we don't know the real answers. But what I can tell you is that... Through uh, research that we've done, and I've done a lot of paranormal investigating personally, whether it's been on TV or just, uh, you know, at events or whatever it happens to be, and what we found is that a lot of times, spirits don't necessarily lock down to a location, but they lock down to an item. Ah. So uh, if that item is a rocking chair in your grandmother's house, you might see your grandmother's spirit there. Or if it's uh, a, a personal effect or the ship itself, uh, that spirit is tied to that ship, even though that ship might be moving around you know th- across the ocean, whatever it happens to be uh, it 's not a geographic connection more so as as it is something to something of value to that person, whether it was a ship or a maybe there's a you know a personal effect in a in a locker on the ship that uh, the spirit attaches to so I think that might explain why um, they can do that somewhat easily because it 's the ship itself that they're connected to.
1: I'm still a bit curious, though. What about in cases where the whole ship appears as okay. an apparition?
2: Yeah. yeah. No, that that that's a great question as well. Um, well, I'm fascinated here. Yeah, no, we, we we you know we've we've talked about and heard reports of ghost planes. We've talked about and heard oh. you know things like trains. You know, the Abraham Lincoln train is a famous ghost train. People yeah. say they still still hear the whistle of abraham lincoln's funeral train wow uh, you know, 150 years later so um it's not unheard of that that there's something that is mobile that is actually the becomes the ghost or the spirit itself and and what the energy is that manifests that is it's difficult to um to determine however it could be in a uh, you know an ensemble of energies from, from different spirits and different um, you know um, sources that help huh. manifest the vehicle itself, whether it's a ship, a train, a plane, or whatever it happens to be. Wow. I don't know if that helps you, but the, the yes, bottom of is we don't, they, know, in you my know, we mind don't,
1: it's registering as the collectivity of the spirits um making it so that their souls cannot Accept the idea of this vessel no longer existing. Yeah, no,
2: I think that I think that's a great way to put it. I do think it is an energy from a collective group of. Again, we'll use the word spirits. Um, that uh, you know they not only themselves have some need, or whether it's maybe it's just maybe it's beyond their control to be connected to this thing, but because they're so connected to it, they manifest the object itself.
1: Fascinating.
2: I think it is fascinating and the, these types of reports are some of the most anomalous that we we ever talk about. Um it's one thing to say, you know, that you, you know you were you, you woke up and you saw your your again deceased grandfather standing at the end of your bed. Those types yeah. of stories are very very common. Right. But when you start talking about an inanimate object that may or may not have um souls attached to it. Yeah. Appearing those become really um difficult to explain but they are the most intriguing stories we ever talk about
0: would you classify um and I don't want to like drag this on to a big discussion of their five films but the pirates of the caribbean movies they they those are ghosts that are cursed and attached to the ship and they can never leave it correct is yeah, that like I, a that's, thing that's... is that real i mean is that a thing that people have heard of
2: well it's hard to say. I've heard those stories. You know, we again, it, it, a lot of it becomes speculation. Are they cursed and attached to it? Is there a demonic uh, attachment to it that, that that makes it manifest the way it does? I don't know the answers. We've heard stories like that, but I tend to personally believe that curses and those types of things aren't necessarily what's at play here. If we see a a, a ghost ship uh, or someone reports a ghost ship and and the ghost ship is uh um, you know materializing and disappearing, and maybe they see people along with it, or they don't. I don't know. I tend to think those the reason it's it's appearing it kind of goes to what Mel said um you know there's so much invested in the from the spirit's perspective that they they don't want to lose that connection, so they help manifest the the ship itself um these curses. I think that's more the stuff of Hollywood. I, I've never heard a story which makes me think, oh, they're doomed to doomed to sail the seven seas for, for eternity. I just don't don't buy that kind of story.
0: In the uh, in the episode that we talk about, the reason why the ghosts um, the ghosts show up and like drown people is because one ghost uh, the, the the two ghosts are brothers, and one ghost killed the other one uh, when they were alive, and they go after people who killed a family me- a family member.
2: Yeah, I um, again. We, you know, it's difficult to separate uh, good stories from real life ghost sightings. And um, I don't know of anybody that's experienced anything like that. And I know you know that as well. We don't. We haven't had any headlines where ghost drowns, you know, person, uh, um, you know, six times last week. Um, the brothers you know, we'd, are out there. Yeah, we don't have those things, but they make great stories. But I, I, can't, I can't definitively say whether those things exist or not, because we do have mysterious disappearances as well. Um, you know, one of the things Supernatural is, is known for is great twists and great plots, and um, especially when it comes to these paranormal types of topics. So, uh, you know, the stories intrigue me. But, uh, you know, if you're going to talk about the types of things that we experience when we investigate Hauntings and uh, reports of uh, ghostly sightings—you um, know—they tend not to take on that dark tone, at least not in my experience.
1: In my experience, paranormal investigating—it's not nearly as exciting as the TV movies. <laughs> no, there's a lot of sitting around. There's a lot of listening to recordings with nothing on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you you just you've just hit the nail on the head there. It it is you know, even even paranormal reality television makes it look far more exciting than it is because they can take a 6-hour investigation and edit up it into a 30-minute sequence. So, you know, the little things that do happen are all in sequence and it's <laughs> right. all this activity. But you're absolutely right. There is a lot of sitting, waiting in the dark and the quiet and hoping something happens and frequently nothing will happen. And I'll um, I <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I would love it. nothing more. We're talking about ghost ships, and I would love nothing more than to uh, be on a shore somewhere and, and have a uh, see a ghost ship sail by. I mean, that yeah. kind of experience would be would be you know one for the you know for, for the ages because uh, it just does not happen that often. Um, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, I guess the holy grail, if you will, of a paranormal yeah.
0: experience. Do we have uh, reports from like um, fishermen or from the Navy of spotting a ship that not necessarily is a ghost ship but is an old derelict ship or whatever that just happens to be you know you know moving towards their point of view that they go over, pull it in and they find out it's this like long abandoned lost ship that, yeah, has, that but but because the ocean is so vast and big, you know no one has seen it, and uh, it just you know it just kind of resurfaced. Um, Not necessarily anything supernatural related, but just, you know, it, it it it's like a ghost story because it's a ship that has been long abandoned and long lost.
1: That actually does happen. I, I don't want to say that it's happened frequently, but I have, I have heard, heard the stories, stories from sailors where they have run across, you know, they try to make contact with the ship, no response, no response, no response, and they consider their options and they're like do we send missiles do we send somebody over and they end up pulling up close to it and finding nobody on board and it's just completely abandoned and they just move on because it's it's not worth government time and money
2: well um yeah and i'll add to that these these stories are actually rather common um, really? are, yeah, well, I, I, it's, I, you know, I mean, there are dozens of these, such stories uh, in the last fifty, sixty years, where um, you know a ship will be found adrift. Sometimes they run aground. Sometimes the, another ship approaches them on the water, and they you know signal to them, and they can tell something's not right. They'll board the ship, and they go, you know, they get on the ship, and they see that everything looks fine. The ship is there's no damage. There's sometimes food on the table. Coffee, really coffee cooking on the stove, yet nobody around. Um, everybody's wow. gone, And there's no explanation for it. And they do often start to cite paranormal um, circumstances here for being the cause. Nobody can prove it, of course. Yeah. But the mysteries are so intense that it's hard to explain them in any other way. There doesn't seem to be any rational reason that everybody would just be gone, yet the ship would be fully intact and look like someone was there five minutes ago.
1: How strange. Um... Over the years, I've only ever heard of one personal account, and that's just what I was speaking from, and I I spoke to my husband this afternoon in preparation for the podcast tonight, and apparently sailors just don't talk about things like ghost ships and flying Dutchmen and...
2: Yeah, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, I don't, I don't sail, I'm not, I mean, I go to the, I go to the ocean to sit on the beach or or swim up to, you know, but I don't really, uh, anybody who's spending a great deal of time on a boat, but I tend to understand that sailors as a um, group are rather suspicious, or not suspicious, superstitious. Agreed and uh, they have a lot of traditions and a lot of superstitions and uh, they're they're very very serious about them and ghost ships whether it's the flying dutchman kind or an abandoned ship that happens to wander across their path are very ominous signs and they take them very very seriously
1: yeah and they don't usually tend to talk about them right yeah they don't want
2: to invoke you know go back to curses they don't want to invoke something that's going to make their ship the next one to be to suffer whatever fate that was right yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting story. Um, you know, when you start telling these um, about these ships that just show up and their, their crew has mysteriously gone, and you know, but everything else looks intact. I mean, those are not only uh, do they have a paranormal connection, but it's just a mystery that begs to be solved, but you, you know, you'll never get a, uh, an answer. At least, you know, it's very unlikely you'll get one. What,
1: what you described—the coffee still cooking on the stove—and it, it sounds very similar to the first-hand account of somebody actually going onto one of these these ships um it it had been a while ago but i i do remember they were like it was like somebody was just there
2: yeah yeah
1: very creepy yeah they
2: they those types of stories shen, send shivers down your spine there's you can't help but be affected by that
1: what are some of your favorite aside from you know the most famous the flying dutchman what are some of your favorite ghost ship legends and lore um,
2: I have to say that um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a particularly big fan of military-related, and this is just my personal uh, preference and experience, but there are a lot of reports of such sightings of World War II-type uh, uh, ships, uh, and planes for that matter, um, in different parts of the world, particularly in Asia, you know, or in the, in, in the Pacific, you know, where uh, there was the the, the that part of World War II was fought in many ways by navies as opposed to armies, and um, so many people lost their lives on all sides of the of the of the battle, and uh, so many ships were sent to the bottom of the ocean uh, due to those fights, and um, you know there are a lot of reports of people seeing. I mean, one of them is is the USS Arizona in Hawaii in you know, Pearl I've Harbor. I've been there. Yeah, I mean they talk about. Not just seeing that ship on on the surface as though it was unharmed at times wow. but they talk about hearing the screams oh. and 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 the and kind of people reliving the battle in a spiritual sense um i mean there's been a lot of reports of that there's that, that
1: definitely happening. an air i don't know if you've been, but I went to the memorial, which oh, the stands game right game over right top of the, the ship, ship. Yeah. and yeah. whenever I stood over top of the ship, i just it's like the air was different
2: yeah and it has the air had
1: suddenly changed as soon as you got off of the boat to get over top of the ship
2: yeah and it has to be i mean the, the amount of tragedy and the amount of uh, suffering and and fear and human emotion that is imprinted on that little area yeah um you know it has to have a residue in some fashion so and that residue is what you're experiencing
1: it was definitely um a, an experience it was very 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 sad
2: yeah. Um, I always tell this story, too, because I find it, too, you know, we in our show, we talk to psychics and we talk to people who have premonitions and that kind of thing. And my grandfather fought in World War Two and he um, he was volunteering to go to Hawaii. And his mother had a dream uh, and told him, don't go to Hawaii. Something terrible is going to
1: happen. Oh, my gosh.
2: And it was three months after that that Pearl Harbor was attacked. And, um, and he uh, he took her advice and didn't go to Hawaii. he Ended up joining the Air Force. It was the Army Air Corps at the time, and um, ended up um, going to going to Europe when the war when the Americans ended the war. So, yeah, that that's always a great story about Pearl Harbor that has a personal connection to me that I find pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Jv, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about your excuse me, tell the audience a little bit about your radio show who aren't familiar with uh with what it is and uh, who you are.
2: Okay, yeah, that's, um, uh, the, the show's called Beyond Reality Radio, and we talk about topics like this and some of the other things I've mentioned, but it's basically anything that's out of the ordinary, whether it's paranormal or just abnormal, um, sometimes even normal things, but uh, ghosts, Bigfoot, uh, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, uh, conspiracy theories, um, we kind of run the gamut, and I co-host the show with Jason Hawes, who you may or may not know from the TV show Ghost Hunters, um, the two of us do the show together, We're on Monday through Friday nights at uh, midnight Eastern, midnight to 2 a.m., and uh, the show is live Monday through Thursday. Friday night is a uh, uh, what we call a best of, but they take a show from earlier in the week that they feel um, deserves to be replayed, and they play that on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, we, we interview a guest on every show, sometimes more than one. We take phone calls. Um, and uh, it's syndicated through Westwood One Radio Networks, heard on about 60 radio stations around the country. We're adding stations all of the time. If you don't hear it on a station or you can't stay up until midnight Eastern, it's also available as a, um, as a podcast for a replay. If uh, you go to um, beyondrealityradio.com, you can find the past episodes there. Or I also stream them live on YouTube, and they're available for replay on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash c slash jvjohnson. Uh, we've got about 300 episodes on the YouTube channel right now.
0: What was probably the craziest episode of the uh, radio show you've ever done? Like, what was the craziest topic?
2: They get crazier every week, it seems. (laughs) But I'll tell you one that really, really uh, intrigued me beyond what most of them do is we had a gentleman on from England, and I can't remember his name because it was a show that we did a couple years ago now. Um, But he claims and has some amazing supporting evidence that he has the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail. Uh, sitting on his fireplace mantle. And he, he was talking about the types of what we would call paranormal... Oh, the
1: actual Holy Grail.
2: The actual <laughs> Holy Grail. He he traced the origins of this particular chalice um, through, and he, he he outlined the whole thing. And I, I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I, I've been trying to actually contract with a television production company to take a trip over there with me to investigate this uh, cup, which this man claims is the holy grail i mean the, the thought of that uh, and again there was i can't even uh, relay all of the evidence that he was giving us to support that claim but it was convincing enough that i thought this really needs to uh, really, really needs to be looked into because this is an amazing story and if this guy is sitting here with the holy grail on his yeah. mantle um you know that that's worth talking about um but beyond that you know we've had everything from People who uh, you know have Bigfoot on their front porch every night, to um, you know, uh, conspiracy theories whether it relates to flat Earth or JFK or um, you know that the, the federal government is releasing uh, you know viral agents into our drinking water as a test for, for some type of weaponized uh, virus. Um, and we talk about these things every night, and uh, I I, I'm, I learn a lot. I learned a tremendous amount. Um, a lot of it I have to take with a grain of salt but I love listening to these stories and I love uh, the uh, amount of passion and work that people put into it um, when they believe in something and they want to talk about it I I get more um, satisfaction out of hearing folks present their case and defend it even if I don't necessarily end up believing it at the end of the day Um, but it's tremendously satisfying to talk to people who are that passionate about what they do
0: I just hope that your experience with the Cup of Christ isn't quite like this, guys.
2: <laughs> this certainly is the Cup of the King of Kings.
0: I'm a new... And That clip is from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> as Donovan chooses poorly. Um, so if you pick yeah, up the so if you pick up the cup of Christ would you go to investigate, make sure you don't cross the seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So yeah, I mean, we've heard so many things and talked to so many people over the course of three years now, and you know, so there's what uh, we do about two hundred. to uh, do my math quickly here. Two hundred. 40 shows, live shows a year so um, you know we've got a lot of them under under our belt and uh, some of them are, um, are quite fascinating I is mean, they're almost all fascinating but some of them are really just uh, either head scratchers or just leave you in awe.
0: Is this like your full-time job?
2: Well, yes and no um, I'm, I, I've been retired for a number of years just because um, I retired young I, I owned a company, uh, I owned a bunch of radio stations and I ended up selling them to a big company and Tried farming, tried a gentleman farm for a while, and hated that. Uh, and decided to get back into radio, but I wanted to do it as, talking about something that I enjoyed, and that's where this came from.
0: Had, had either of you ever seen the movie Ghost Ship?
1: Yes, yeah. of course. You know, 2002. I
2: start... Yeah, I actually uh, started watching Ghost Ship the other night. I hadn't seen it before, and I got interrupted after like the first 20 minutes, and I haven't gotten a chance to go back to it yet, but I, it's, I understand it's a classic. So.
0: Yeah, starring uh, uh, Julian Margulies and uh, Gabriel Byrne, who uh, I was kind of surprised. I hadn't seen Gabriel Byrne in a while until he was in Hereditary last year. Oh right, yeah, yeah, but really, really decent that. movie, and then of course uh, I, a lot of people might remember uh you know many episodes of like Scooby Doo, which of course you know supernatural had a big scooby doo crossover the the ghost of Captain Custer, who was the guy in the <laughs> divings <laughs> uniform, oh and then there was the pirates that uh that Shaggy and scooby were were kidnapped, whatever, and they be like, oh." <laughs> <laughs> I can't find clips of those online, but uh, they're on there, so uh, definitely go check them out. And then we always have this segment on our show. Hold on, i got to pull up some... What movie was Belle Heflin in connected to the creature in question?
1: This time, um, I actually have never worked on anything with a ghost ship, but... I actually did portray a pirate captain, and we did actually sail out on a pirate ship on the trailer, which was unfortunately never made into the feature, but it's called The Pirates of Madicumbi Bay. This is about my... I wash up on shore, this beautiful island princess nurses me back to health. and then then she gets stolen away, and it's about my quest to go and find her.
0: Ah. Were you going to get killed in this? No. Okay, because you have a death toll going sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was a love story.
0: Oh, this is, oh, so there was going to be some uh, sex and nudity? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Like, (laughs) are we talking, like, like really, like, passionate, like, you know, under the sheets, over the sheets kind of? You know, like uh, uh, B movie uh, uh, Red Shoe Diaries kind of uh, love making scenes, or?
1: Unfortunately, I'll never know.
0: Oh, did you get to see who your co star would have been that you would have had these fake love scenes with?
1: Yes, and she was lovely.
0: Oh yeah, you. Oh my, my, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is anyone out there listening who who makes movies? There's a script waiting to be happened of of lesbian pirates. Just
1: they just needed the funding at like a million dollars. Oh,
0: only a million dollars to render all those special effects
1: and the the casting. There was a lot going on in this movie. It was going to be epic.
0: Oh, that's 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 too bad. Yeah, win some, you lose some. JB, where do you uh, where would you recommend people to go to get more information about ghost ships? Do you have any books or uh, websites that you could recommend for people?
2: I would recommend um, going to beyondrealityradio.com, flipping through uh, our radio shows, and um, looking for anybody who's talking. We do have some people talk, talk specifically about ghost ships, but also... Um, we, just people who talk about odd paranormal phenomena because it's all related. And uh, that would be a great place to start. And I don't, I can't think of any books off the top of my head, but I am sure we've talked to people that have had books written about the topic. So if you find their show, they're going to talk about the book.
1: I have some, some books actually about, not specifically goat ships, but almost every place you go along the coast that has a boardwalk, there's some sort of... Um, Local legend lore, that or lighthouses too.
2: Lighthouses too. Lighthouses are very, very um, notorious for paranormal connections and stories.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was funny. I was. I was just watching. Um, uh, this is really day. This is da- really this, is, da- this, really is, this is really going back in time. I was watching an old episode of the George Reeves Superman, The Adventures of Superman, okay. and Jimmy Olsen is going to this island uh, supposedly haunted to visit his uh, aunt he hasn't seen since he was a child. So he doesn't remember what his aunt quite looks like, and there's a little bit of the visit kind of happening, you know, the M9 Shyamalan yeah. movie, and uh, there's an old lighthouse, and there's supposedly like ghosts and everything. And It's a very Jimmy Olsen centered su- story, and Superman <laughs> doesn't show up until like the last half of the of it when he when he decides to go investigate as Clark Kent.
2: Those old Supermans, they're they're great entertainment. I love going back, and they're they're somewhat um, naive in, in their approach to everything, which makes them very charming. Yeah. I have to ask Mel something because um, I understand you you worked with the the guys that uh, did Plan Nine, which wasn't a remake of Plan Nine from Outer Space, but it was a kind of a tribute to Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah, right? that was a fun movie. I mean, I, I enjoyed that, and I love I love Ed Wood stuff, so the connection there was was really uh, was important to me.
1: I was actually supposed to be in that, but they ended up cutting my scene. Oh, you weren't even
2: in it. I just saw it on your resume. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I, was, I was still technically in it, but they, yeah. they ended up having to cut my scene. So. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's
0: too bad.
1: It happens sometimes.
2: Yeah, it does. It's all part of the, part of the gig, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I hey, JV. I to work
1: with those guys.
0: Well, hey, JV. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us tonight. We really do appreciate uh, you joining us for the Supernatural Creatures and Lords podcast covering ghost ships.
2: Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure to talk to you both, and I uh, hope to
0: get back here sometime. Definitely, absolutely, yeah, we'll definitely time. have you on again in the future. Thanks so much, J.B. Thank you. And don't forget to check out uh, his, uh, his, lo- his radio show Monday through Friday, and if you're in the Massachusetts area, come out to uh, ScareCon in Framingham this June. And just as we end the episode, uh, I thought I would pull something from the Supernatural Official Companion Season 3 by Nicholas Knight, as written by Eric Kripke. It says, We try to tap into the lore of ghost ships, Kripke says. Everything from the Flying Dutchman SS Violet to the Griffin. True lore about empty ships floating around the ocean. Legend has it that the captain of the Flying Dutchman refused to go... To back down from a fierce storm that kept him from routing the Cape of Good Hope. Just before he and the crew perished, he swore that he'd keep sailing until Judgment Day if he had to. And apparently a demonic force, or perhaps the trickster, took his vow to face value since the ghost ship has been sailing the seas ever since. The S.S. Violet was lost during the Savage Storm in the 1800s. Since then, the ship has sometimes been seen drifting at sea, but the time rescuers dropped lifeboats and attempt to come to her aid, the ship has vanished from sight. Throughout the history, there's been mentions of these ships that when you see them, they vanish on the horizon and that the death omen importance of impending doom. And if you see the ship, then the ghosts come after you and you die. Another movie we, for- we didn't really mention, only because it's been talked about in exhaustion before, is the movie The Fog, which is about a leper colony who's trying to get some, safe. Harbor, and unfortunately, the townspeople turn them away, and they seek their revenge a hundred years later on the anniversary of uh, of what happened, or the 200th anniversary. Through the fog, and they actually just recently put out a fog action figure with whose eyes light up, and he's like incredible looking detail. I mean, there's always been fake fog figures of just like a piece of cotton in a uh, blister pack that says, "Look, it's the fog action figure, the fog itself." <laughs> But NECA Toys actually finally put out a Fog pirate action figure I don't know if they're going to do the rest of them But they do the main one, which is really cool And the Fog is definitely worth checking out So NECA Toys put out a pirate action figure And I recommend watching the John Carpenter's The Fog Completely ignore the remake from 2005 Starring the guy from Smallville
1: (laughs) I'm going to have to redo that one It's been a while since I've seen The Fog The original? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they remade it, and it's pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I was all excited for it because Tom Welling was going to be in it. and I was like, "Woo, Tom Whaling from Smallville! Yay, Superman!" That's wrong answer. Mine
1: has the biggest crush on Tom Welling. Uh,
0: it's not so great. So every time
1: I hear that name, I'm like, "That's the fr- name of my friend Dildo."
0: <laughs> Wait, say that again. I'm I'm sorry. Say that one more time.
1: Every time I hear the name Tom Welling, I'm like. It, my brain goes, that's the name of my friend's dildo.
0: Your friend named her dildo after Tom Whaling. I mean, I guess there's weirder things that people have named their dildos after. I'm sure some of them named them after their father or something. Not this girl. This is... Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that... Um, I, I, I'm i sure... Yeah, I'm I'm sure... I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's probably like a, a Thor one out there or, or Captain America, Chris Evans or something. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. But that's a the topic for a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's a whole nother
0: show. Yeah, we might do a porno-related episode of Supernatural Creatures <laughs> and Lore. Why? Because Dean's obsessed with porn and he like hooks up with a former porn star that he got a big crush on in an episode later on. But oh, that yeah, would really be Wincess stretching porn. it. I did some
1: Wincest porn.
0: Uh No, we're not going to discuss Wincess, thank you very much, ever. Um, <laughs> you saw
1: the girl-girl version, right?
0: No, I didn't see a girl-girl. Why, there's girl-girl, there, there's like gender swap uh, lesbian Winchester adult film out there? Yeah. Really? I built it. What? I'll send you some links. Okay, yeah, you'll have to send the send link. So that's pretty much it for this episode of the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, you can join us on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore Facebook page and on SPN Creatures and Lore on Twitter. Don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. Um, Good rating,
1: because you love us.
0: Yes, definitely. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. See you then.
1: In the shadows, you can hear the sounds, the rumble of a hundred hounds, cries of the banshee, terror of the way to go, you also can't see, if they just know where to go.